Welcome back to Real to Real, mm-hmm. the Chronicles Arts and Culture podcast. Um, I'm Will Atkinson. This is Nina Wilder. That's we don't usually fun. introduce ourselves, but I feel like maybe we should just to. Uh, yeah, if you're a latecomer, yeah. where have you been? Yeah, really. <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast, chances mm-hmm. are you're streaming it. Um, <laughs> ah. And that's, you know, whether it's on SoundCloud or Apple and Podcasts. I'm going to say that's our fault for not releasing this. On vinyl? On, real, on a reel-to-reel player. Oh, on a literal <laughs> reel-to-reel uh, tape Yeah. Tape deck. That's our yeah, fault. Yeah, reel-to-reel that's cassettes on us. coming out. For, <laughs> that'll be for season three. Right. But I think we're our, our conversation today is going to be about streaming. And I think it's almost difficult to talk about streaming now just because, like, number one, streaming has been talked about so much. But then at the same time, I feel like it's almost like it's become like water now to the extent that... <laughs> We yes. exist within streaming so much that like it can be easy to not think Literal critically about it. Water stream. Water. Oh yeah. I mean, hence the name. I guess that's where it came from, right? Is Just it the, the flow of content, right? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the the etymology. But um, we're going to talk and think critically about streaming and the role of culture. I know I've had some thoughts about this. Yeah. I know Nina has. Um, just for context, uh, so November 12th, last Tuesday, was the launch of Disney+, Plus, which is Disney's <laughs> exclusive streaming service. And it kind of, I think, has marked what maybe might be a crisis point in TV, where all of the different producers and distributors mm-hmm. are kind of saying, okay, we want to vertically integrate so that we can own all of the, the streaming rights for our shows. And so now you have to, instead of just being subscribed to Netflix, where you can get, like, you know... A moderate general sampling of, of everything, and yeah. now I haven't even checked Netflix. Is there Disney stuff on there, or is it like? Well, I'm not one who. I'm would assuming have the ever contracts are going to run out or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the they will literally not be able to license it anymore. Right. If yeah. They exactly. And then I think NBC is also probably going. They've got Peacock. Yeah. 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 I got that. That one. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Well, look. The New York Times put out an article that said the streaming era has finally arrived. Mind uh, you, Netflix started streaming in 2007, so I think it's been yeah, here. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But it says everything is about to change. This is a very fatalistic article. It's funny. You heard it Peacock. here in 2019. <laughs> streaming edge has finally arrived. And it's changing everything. Um, but no, this is the point. So like, okay, yeah, Peacock is going to be an NBC Universal streaming That's such service. such a bad name. I'm sorry. <laughs> but so they haven't disclosed the pricing details yet, but they have said that it will carry advertising. Even if you're a paid subscriber? Yeah, so they're going to do advertising, which to me is like a weird stop between cable and streaming because like cable should have ads, but streaming to me should not. Um, I guess, yeah, you pay a cable service, but you still have to watch ads. But if you're paying for a premium streaming service, the expectation is like no ads. Right. Although HBO, you know, they still make you sit through like the 30 second. Like, but you can skip through it. Right, That's the it's, thing. It's, it's like built into the. But and Hulu, uh, like whatever Spotify Hulu deal I has, makes you watch like three ads per 20 minute TV episode. Okay. But yeah. when I, I mean, I got like the premium, bare minimum so. plan, so like I really uh, can't complain. <laughs> I use my dad, so I can't complain either. <laughs> anyway, so in addition to Disney Plus and Peacock, um, Warner Brothers is going to put out HBO Max, which will offer. Wait a minute. Does Warner own HBO? Yes. Wow. They have to I just, because these mergers and acquisitions. That's, the, that's just what like also when I was going through this, that's the continue thing. to surprise me. Yeah, no, that's I mean everything. Yeah, you can spend hours just like 
learning how everything is connected. I spent like a good 30 minutes on Wikipedia just reading about like the Murdoch family this weekend because mm-hmm. well, they were one of the inspirations so. for Succession. Stream Succession, um, <laughs> Stream Succession on HBO. <laughs> this is an ad for Succession <laughs> on HBO. Well, but, so uh, they're all this, so this is these are all pulled from the New York Times, but they're all kind of measuring themselves by like hours of content provided. So like HBO Max will have t- over 10,000 hours of entertainment including Friends. So that'll get yanked from Okay. I guess it's still I Netflix. Sh- where did Friends did Friends start on NBC? Like what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like Friends, South Park, um, like the whole HBO library, all the Sesame Street, and unfortunately CNN documentaries. Where I'm, huh, I need to get those. And then Peacock is claiming it's going to have over fifteen thousand hours of content. Okay. So and then Disney Plus must have. I mean, a lot. They they have, don't have as many series, I guess, but they have so much of. They the, have seventy five hundred episodes of old Disney branded TV right, shows. Yeah. I think like last week they said ten million people had signed up already, and they had been hoping for eight by the end of the year. So they're Eight already million. yeah they're already well above right yeah I mean they were crashing and on it the took, first day it just took cause. Disney like a second they tried I don't know if like a few years ago they tried to stream do a streaming thing and it kind of fell apart because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of like tech design like um, acquire like rights like licensing well, yeah, the, rights and the stuff rights, like that they hadn't merged with Fox. Yet. At that point, so they didn't have the 21st century yeah. Fox catalog. Right, but so now was this like, I guess that's what <laughs> the New York Times means when they say the streaming era is here, is that all of like the big kind of cable mainstays are finally buckling. Right, and that's, I mean, we're at a turning point now, I think, because I think... Turning point, U.S. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Just like for the, basically this decade, I think we've kind of been in a, kind of a sweet spot of streaming where you can get mostly everything for a reasonably affordable price. Mm-hmm. If you have a Netflix subscription and maybe the password to your friend's HBO account... <laughs> looking at you <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you can watch mostly everything well that's the thing is like cable is definitely like suffering um apparently quote the annual pace of the of their subscriber decline hit 5.4 percent in the second wow. quarter of this year yeah my family just um, cut our cable this year really first time they in, cut the like, cable with cable the only yeah, time i gotta, use my cable is like when the debate's happening tonight for example and i yeah, want to no, like yeah. be sad and watch and it it's really not an exaggeration to say you can watch almost anything um yeah the internet combined with like maybe some subscriptions but even then like right there's um, a lot you can find for free a lot you can find just like yeah. stealing friends accounts you know that's <laughs> so and so like i guess like not the big companies are still going to be there like you know like nbc will not stop making content for at least a long time but smaller things they mentioned like viceland and other um, unfortunately uh glenn beck's blaze cable oh no <laughs> i know they will be getting the axe just because it is far less economically yeah, viable yeah. to try and to do a cable I think that's a good transition package. to the second big context. <laughs> okay. So um, November 27th next week, The Irishman drops on <gasps> Netflix. I literally have notes on Scorsese's outfit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the last month, what was it, three weeks ago, Mark yeah. uh, Scorsese that he shook the world. came under a lot of fire for <laughs> saying that Wait. Marvel movies are not cinema. Yeah, and originally this was not even about streaming, it was about Marvel. No, but I think the your last point reminded me of this because one of the things he mentions in his op-ed mm-hmm. where like half of it is sort of like, okay, crotchety old man doesn't like superhero okay, movies. Okay, don't call <laughs> <laughs> I mean, correct old man. But then, but then he does, he brings up some really important points, which are that yeah. streaming and the way that, you know, cinema is going, it's pushing independent film out. It's pushing physical Good brick films. theaters out, you know, yeah. going to the theater. 
the theater. Uh, um, Go into the theater with my baby. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the 1950s, I guess. That's what it like conjures in, you know, 1950. It's so dated. Who goes to theaters anymore? Mm. Well, so I was going to read. I have some quotes from sure, him. Sure, sure. Yeah, I actually, I have a quote too, so we'll see if it overlaps. Okay, well, I literally have the two paragraphs. I guess I won't read the whole thing. But he said, <laughs> so you might ask, what's my problem? This is the Marty I voice. I don't know what he sounds like. I mean, I just imagine just it's assume that an he has Italian some man. Uh, Based on the characters. He says, voice. why not just let superhero films and other franchise films be? The reason is simple. It's simply put. In many places around this country and around the world, franchise films are now your primary choice if you want to see something on the big screen. The equation has flipped and streaming has become the primary delivery system. Still, I don't know a single filmmaker who doesn't want to design films for the big screen to be right. projected before audiences. Yeah, that's the theaters. same part that I circled out. Uh, he says, that includes me. Well, all right, and then he goes on to say... Uh, even me. Netflix just did the Irishman <laughs> right. for me. I don't so, know what um, accent. I really like some weird transatlantic thing. <laughs> um, and, but, and, and he's saying like, yeah, I'm sort of guilty of going for the streaming route too. But in the end, they're, they're the, the people only. now who are giving him the creative freedom mm-hmm. and the the money, the, you know, whatever the to capital. be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the, the recent context around streaming. And I think also I wanted to give a brief history just of streaming, just to give us <laughs> go in. give us give us our audience some uh, yes, perspective on on streaming, because I think especially with the end of the decade approaching oh, um, as we're rolling dun, dun, into dun. 2020, it is my belief that we are going to look back on the 2010s, and I think streaming will go down as the single like greatest technological cultural shift of the decade yeah um comparable to like i don't know the internet in the 90s or like social media the world wide web the war on terror in the 2000s (laughs) jesus (laughs) and like and social media i think sort of coincides with that um Mm -hmm. i think that started a little bit earlier but streaming for sure it's like i remember when there wasn't streaming and oh yeah for sure we live in a world that we live in a society we live in a society (laughs) of streamers which i can like turn on my tv and have tens of thousands (laughs) of hours of content Ew, I hate that phrase. Even reading about like when these sort of landmark points for streaming, it's insane how recently of a development it is. Yeah, um, 2007 almost seems too early. So Spotify made its U.S. launch in 2011. Wow. SoundCloud reached 1 million users in 2010, so that kind of was the beginning of the decade, and they sort of mm-hmm. took off from there. House of Cards, the very first oh original Netflix series, so essentially the first like in-house I streaming. That was the first one. Yeah, and that was 2013. That, almost six years that, ago. Like, immediately oh, like open the floodgates oh absolutely because then yeah. they have because then you have you know you have transparent on amazon right you have, like that was important because i remember that being the same time the boardwalk empire that was that was just an hbo endeavor yeah but they yeah. had fincher did house of cards and marty did boardwalk empire right martin scorsese did the first episode of boardwalk and i think steve buscemi himself did a few of the episodes but it was back it was like when they had started getting big names and in film into the tv sphere right it right. wasn't that wasn't happening. To have like David Fincher come up and like yeah. direct your first episode for your Netflix original. And did I tell you this? Like House of Cards was basically focus grouped into existence. <laughs> I believe where it. they were like uh, they found out based on research that people liked political dramas and yeah. they liked David Fincher <laughs> and they liked Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and so they David got them all. Did before that, that really they got, got them all together, and <laughs> you know, well, that's they made a prestige can, drama. Mean, yeah, you know? but it's insane to me that it was only in 2013. Such a swift rise and fall. You know? I know. Well, wasn't it the case was. Their first movie wasn't bright, was it? That no, was their biggest but that was, budget. But then, 
So there's that's when they put a million in, the in house in house films it. are becoming more and more so production and distribution. They've been doing distribution. Yeah. Both Amazon and Netflix were getting in on the distribution game. So like, like movies Bound, that were still right? yeah, Mudbound, Patterson, Beasts of No Nation. Yes. Um, so I think Beasts of No Nation was one of the very first Netflix distributed films, that and so. Yeah, and then and then recently, yeah, Beast. Okay, no, Beast was their first that they produced, that Netflix produced. Bright was the most they had spent on an original Embarrassing. content item. <laughs> <It was, laughs> what happens when you put Max Landis in the driver's seat? Yeah, it's going to be awful. I mean, yeah. what? Um, Idiots. If only I was in the boardroom <laughs> of Netflix. We have ten, 10 seasons of BoJack Horseman. Oh, yeah. Uh, 20 Irishmen's. Oh, jeez. But that's um, the thing is when you can str- you throw everything at the wall and you see what sticks. But they're so, I mean, they're ruthless with cutting things, though. So Netflix is, their business model is we're going to start as much as we can, but we're going to cut. Yeah. We're going to cut more than we renew every year. Here's a fact for you. Here's a figure. Here's a data point. They put 12 billion dollars into original content this year alone you know how much they're in debt 12 billion well, right. dollars and that's <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah no they're in debt now too which they i think run on debt that's their business model this is gonna but that's the part of the necessity i mean so that's why you know two and birdie gets canceled that's why like right. i don't know whatever Since other like, <laughs> <laughs> all those stands are so annoying the final i guess landmark in the, yeah, the yeah. streaming this decade so last year roma being dropped straight to netflix i mean mm-hmm. that was the first not the first film to go straight to netflix but probably the first like oscar best yeah. picture nominee <laughs> yeah you know like roma is like i mean i saw it in a theater and like it's, it's, it's better in a theater you know it's it's not like yes. a film that's made to be on a tv you know i still haven't watched it because i was waiting because i really wanted to see it in theaters i was in new york when the film was released so i had every opportunity to see it mm-hmm. i went to ifc it was sold out oh you gotta see it of course i know because i just the idea of watching it on a TV makes me want to cry. I would have loved to have it seen first it in theaters. I saw it first on TV. And I mean, it's, I think that mm. it's less an indication of, like, I don't know if I really get, like, yeah, it's a better artistic experience to see a movie on the big screen. But in the same way that, like, okay, it's better to, like, buy a record with nice speakers, but you're still going to, like, stream it on your headphones the first, you know, like. To me, it's the difference between using AirPods or your fancy like audio headphones. Or That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like. Every detail is not seen, nor is it heard. Sure, but I'm not, if I don't have my audio technicas on me, like, I will probably be fine with listening to it. Then I will only listen to terrible music. And I'll get around to (laughs) listening to it with my audio technicas, but, like... That's the thing, is, like... I just think that it's more indicative of, like, the direction that things are going. Mm -hmm. You know, you sit around with your loved ones at home and you watch... (laughs) But it just makes me want to watch crappy movies. It makes me want to watch things that are directly made for the TV instead of, like, worthy of... A higher screen. That's why I still haven't seen Roma, but I've rewatched Superbad like 15 times because it's just like to if you're me, gonna watch I want it to home, be a grand gesture. Sure. Not only is it what I think the and film deserves. I guess deserves. you might have more of kind of the, the sentimental attachment to the theater. Than <laughs> Sean Baker saying like, but, uh, guys, I actually I saw watched it on, this on a laptop. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just but, it's, it's very sentimental. But Roma, but... I, I think that was what spurred the comments from Steven Spielberg earlier this right. year, where he says, "Once you commit to a television format, you're a TV movie." You certainly, if it's a good show, deserve an Emmy, but not an Oscar. Mm. I don't believe films that are just given token qualifications in a couple of theaters for less than a week should qualify for the Academy Award nomination. Which, like, who cares? Geezer. 
<laughs> well, so that's another another thing that the New York Times was being fatalistic about was should we just combine? There was some also there's some the Emmys and the Oscars. Yeah, should we combine the Emmys and the Oscars? Uh, I think the Galaxy Brain take is like <laughs> abolish awards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I mean, it's kind of like it reminds me of Tarantino saying um digital filmmaking is TV in public. And it's like, well, baby, now all movies are TV. No, exactly. So. Okay, I mean, are you going to say like I don't know when the talkies came out. Were they like this <laughs> is the, like the talkies? You hear? Like, this is just radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I don't know about all that, but it's expensive. So to one, the New York Times to distribute <laughs> just, in theaters. Okay, you mean? it's clear. I only read one newspaper. <laughs> no, no, no. It's expensive to stream. I they, I took this quiz and it was NYT was like, here's we'll tell you what services you need to get. And it was like, what films do you enjoy watching? And I clicked, obviously, every like brand except for Marvel films. They see Criterion Channel or something. They recommended I pay $100 a month for streaming services. They're like, they recommended multiple They were like, here's what you should get. They're like, yeah, they literally, I think they said <clears throat> Criterion Channel for your stupid art house movies. <laughs> like Hulu because you like TV, HBO because you like Succession, like <laughs> whatever. And it was, they gave me literally $100 worth of streaming services. And I was like, that is insane. I mean, that's what? That is actually more than I pay for cable. I mean, like, it's just... If we're, and the thing, too, is, like, if we're going to divide it all like this, it becomes sort of... It does stack up. I will say, like, a lot of these... Like, Disney Plus branded itself, like, six ninety nine. That's the cost of, like, a... Per month. For large. Your... That's, like, large popcorn at a movie theater these days. And that's the... $7 this... a month is Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the argument, right? Do they, do they have a premium subscription, or is that just, like... No, it's just baseline. Netflix decent. gets up to... I mean, that's lower than, like, a Spotify subscription if you're not a student, you know? Yeah, well, because like, Netflix gets up to... If you do the four screens thing, it's, like... $12 a month. And I'm just saying, like, what is lost by not having it all unified under this one thing under cable or whatever is that you begin to, like, divide and then you can each raise your prices right. more and more. That's the thing, to, like, when um, I think Netflix recently raised its prices and they're like, no, guys, but we just acquired friends for you. Oh, it's thanks. because they had to pay, like, a hundred whatever, however many tens of million dollars to get the rights to Friends. Didn't I, Didn't you just say that, like, HBO Max is going to steal it right yeah, back? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because it's like, yeah, it used to be that all of these places were licensing their things out to Netflix, probably at exorbitant rates because they knew that people wanted it. And then they saw how much they could make. They finally got to the point where they were able to do it. And they're like, screw you guys. We're taking it. And running. Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the most interesting slash scary things about, like, what the 2020s are going to look like. <laughs> that's weird to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. what what is... I hate it. Are we all going to have to have, like, five different streaming services in, like, five years? I mean, I already pay. I pay for Netflix, Hulu. I pay out of my own pocket for the Criterion channel. We have cable, so I get, like, Showtime. I get HBO. So I you're get... already sort of in the... Yeah. Yeah, but losing cable would save a lot of money. It's true. But there's still some things. See, it's now, and it's also kind of still weirdly transitional where you do need cable for some things. Exactly. And I think one of the things that I wanted to get at today Mm -hmm. um, is how, I mean, I was thinking about this in the context of music. Mm -hmm. So I do probably 95% of my listening on Spotify, as most of, like, my peers do. Mm Mm-hmm. I think almost everyone I know is a Spotify user. If you use Apple Music, die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite simply perish. Anyway, Spotify, like, I'm a longtime subscriber. It's where I find new music. It's how I listen to new releases every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for most people, it's just the most convenient 
and most affordable way to access a large library of music. <laughs> and I think because of that, there's a sense when you're listening to Spotify that like there is everything in Spotify. And like to some extent, I mean, that is true. I found stuff on Spotify that like I would never find unless I spent a hundred years going through record store bins or something, you know? A hundred years of solitude. <laughs> yeah. Because there's just that ease of access to find right. these all really obscure things. And this is something that I've written about. But I think that I have to catch myself because Sometimes when doing that, I start to think of Spotify as like the the end-all be-all archive of music in the world. And in reality, it's not. I mean, that's an illusion. And I think you see that because you'll see the sort of like cracks in there. And you, there's obviously the big one. So like Lemonade is finally available on Spotify. But for like two years, there was that wow. message when you went to Beyonce's we're page. We're working on it. We're like, we're trying to get in touch with her. <laughs> like, we're so like, sad. They're like, please, we've emailed her. Like, we're trying Trust so hard. <laughs> I think Jay-Z, most of Jay-Z's stuff still remains not on Spotify. 444. And to me, it's like, I don't even listen to, like... You took Watch the I have off. not listened... Yeah, they, I was trying to do, like, my best <laughs> of the decade, and I was looking for Otis. But they... Uh, <laughs> I had to put Paris in there. It's fine, though. Nah, <laughs> it's one. literally the only song from that album on Spotify because it ended it's up... In some, in some Chris Rock movie. <laughs> yeah, so, right, right. Yeah. And, and so it's in a soundtrack. And so you start to see the, the cracks there, but then I think, and then, oh, someone else I wanted to mention, King Crimson, prog rock, kind of cult no. heroes. They did the... That was oh, the, okay. I know that's sample, a sample yes. from them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, they're notorious for being like anti-streaming. Total hot, like anti-online. You couldn't even find a YouTube stream of mm. like 21st century. Like Prince, wasn't that his thing? I think so. And I guess and he after died, he died, like, died. <laughs> <F> <you>. <laughs> yeah, they dropped <laughs> all his stuff on Spotify. Spotify yeah. And so are these, there are these big examples, and I think more and more they're starting to come around because it's like you either like get with the times or you die. Yeah, yeah. If you can't beat them, join them. Mm -hmm. So. You kind of have to do that now. It's a necessity. But then I think more troubling is like all the little guys that get left, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll find something like random. Just there's random like rare cult following stuff that you might be able to find like a stream on YouTube. Because you can YouTube is a place where you can find almost everything just because there's... Unfortunately. It's user generated. There's It's so easy to like skirt copyright laws. <laughs> have you seen the... Have you uh, listened to Plastic Love on YouTube? It's like this... I'm making a confused face. 80s, like, Japanese song that's become, like, this cult YouTube hit. And, like, if you've spent enough time in, like, alternative music YouTube, you'll inevitably get this video recommended. Fortunately, I haven't spent a lot really of time <laughs> in alternative music but, uh, YouTube. <laughs> so, like, there's that. And then, like, last week I was listening to, like, Arthur Russell, who didn't release a lot of music during his lifetime, but then, like, he's had a lot of posthumous releases, but then many of them are not licensed to streaming, and so mm. you have to go to Spotify for, or not Spotify, might have to go to YouTube for some of the good ones. And so I think when you think about it like that, it's like, okay, like, how are we limiting ourselves if we entirely do our listening on streaming services. And I think with TV, it's even more pronounced because as you say, like as streaming becomes more and more diversified, you become more and more kind of like in stuck in your this niche. little, yeah, stuck in your little niche and I will of say, shows. Netflix quality of films, low. They have, I mean, I don't know the data or the figures, but just anecdotally out of like every 50 movies I see, maybe like five are ones that I would be like, good. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of mid-tier And the good stuff. ones, I think, are usually, like, the already established directors who are like, oh, they've got their films on Netflix. Okay, right, cool. like, you know, like Jurassic Park or something. Or I the don't Irishman, know. you know. The Irishman. 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 <laughs> Men. Um, no, but, and it's not even like, but it's like they have the one tab where it's like, Oscar-winning films. 
And then, you know, and that's like 20 movies or whatever. And then you have a bunch of just like, some are mind-bogglingly, yeah. I mean, like Lifetime movies, like that level yeah. of quality. I mean, I didn't even, one thing we haven't even mentioned yet is the role of like algorithms in this. Because in right. Netflix, you're getting the, based on my family's watching habits, where, you know, we start getting like, oh, critically acclaimed cult classics. And that's the collection <laughs> right. you go through. Or like... Because your family's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, like we're never going to get the, the tag that's like, I don't know. like Horror, I don't know. Horror. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like fresh horror finds. Um, yeah, and so you're, you, there's the illusion that you have all of this freedom to select whatever you want, but your experience is also being very, tiny, tiny very, yeah. very, very pre-curated for you. And it's even worse, I would say, in music with the whole like algorithmic playlist thing. I mean, that's like, if you're someone who like likes listening to music and is serious about finding music, I think streaming can be great. But if you're someone who just listens casually, the majority of people who listen to Spotify probably spend a lot of time just on like the daily mix or the hot releases or whatever. Yeah, they and there's like been the genre like, ones. Yeah, and there's been these scandals of like these <laughs> sort of like fake artists that are put on Spotify under like the chill vibes playlist that are just kind of like these like basically machine generated like yeah, non-existent I mean. pop stars who like it just turns out these songs that fit wasn't there a black like, the mirror episode about that <laughs> um i was gonna say well oh to your point about things not being available i was you were ta- you were talking to me about this and i think the one thing i came up with was the room <laughs> my tommy was so i'm sure there are more i mean is, is it there... really you, oh but it's on youtube right yeah it's on youtube okay. you can't it's not streaming he i mean tommy owns the rights i was gifted a dvd of it it was very funny i was like how did you find i think you have to buy it from his website i think he still sells copies i will say also don hertzfeld's films which we just had a staff note about um i remember trying to watch one of his films and that would obviously i think it is there are a lot of movies that plenty are available to buy or rent on amazon prime amazon prime's kind of like the halfway step right now for that where you can just get everything because like but you pay for it but you pay yeah yeah yeah. like individual you know like five dollars for to rent a movie or less yeah which is that's a system that's like but it's always been in place it's just yeah like that was netflix's originally original model right red box um but yeah you're hard pressed to find extremely quality film streaming and there are like obviously the criterion channel is one of the ones that has been doing not only necessary archival work for film in general but also being able to provide it as a digital platform is important and tcm has its own thing too like it has a you have to buy that with your cable obviously but right. well they lost an app you can access it online so i wonder about like those things too like if well and this is like really far from now and i don't know if cable will ever collapse the way i guess you could argue maybe like a radio has or something like that but if it ever does collapse entirely it's weird to think about too where those sort of mid-level cable networks or like entities will go where will Turner Classic Media Legacy go? Media. <laughs> Waystar Royco is, uh, <laughs> is going down the drain. These are okay these are some interesting things I found too. There are 271 online video services available in the US right now. You can pretty much get one for anything. Horror films, anime, uh, video services. So does that within the 271 does that include Netflix and Mm-hmm. But it's like so you like, have like Voodoo, you have Crunchyroll, right, right. you have like all Vimeo. <laughs> like, no. No? <laughs> oh, so these are like 
paid like yeah paid okay. subscription where again you start getting more niche and niche and niche where it's yeah. like like if you wanted to watch john carpenter's halloween it's not enough it's not anywhere except for this one slasher video service where they have their you know something like that yeah what is i mean i just don't see how the business <clears throat> model for these like small niche me neither but there are 271 work. of them and so the big thing too right about being netflix or something is you don't have a middleman you don't have cable system operators like comcast or you know time warner you don't have multiplex theater chains to, you know, deal with to take a cut of your whatever. You get to be direct with the viewer and you're like sending content directly to consumers. So it's a way they should be making more money than they're making. Again, I don't know what their business model <laughs> is. Well, again, that's probably is. why it's desirable for these media companies like NBC and, and Disney they, to start doing that. Right. They've been also been able to offer way higher pay grades than like other traditional like media. So Apple and Amazon, for example, they, they've been poaching writers and producers from like established studio and television networks. So like, for example, Adam Sandler, <laughs> has like any of his content been not Netflix drawn like in the last few walls at the Cobbler? stories Netflix? Uh-huh. It was. Yeah, okay. that was no bomb block for um, But like... What about Uncut Gems? See, he's not directing or producing oh, that. Okay. So, but but like most of his endeavors... If he's a producer, mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, or Ryan Murphy has gone over. They got Shonda. They got D&D of Game of Thrones. And so, yeah, and like you were saying earlier about cutting shows really fast. Now a lot of writers, you know, like low-level, lowly <laughs> writers, room people, um, they're coming and going faster. It's like your your time is... It's more precarity. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think you see that. I mean, that's like a general thing in the economy now. <laughs> like, well, here's the thing that really... The gig economy, I mean, freelance economy, yeah, I mean, in media, sucks. if you're a writer, if you're a, <laughs> any sort of creative person... Yeah, you're, you're not getting paid yeah, yeah. routinely for that. This is This is the kicker for me. In 2018, 495 scripted original series aired, an 85% increase from 2011. In the last seven years, we have almost doubled the amount of, like, original content airing. Yeah, I mean, that's why they say it's the golden age of TV. Where is the the capital coming? Like, again, I don't know how you know, some e-call major is going to school me, hopefully. <laughs> but I'm just like, it's more is not better. I mean, like, you, I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to make money. It has, I think it says 150 million subscribers worldwide. And everyone pays, a quote, everyone pays like $10, we'll say. A month. But sure. that is not near, I mean, like, people steal. They're always complaining about people stealing, like Netflix. That was the thing with Disney Plus, apparently. Someone was telling me yeah. they found I mean, this they've huge got, they've list got of, like, usernames and passwords right when Disney Plus I think they're really hopeful. I think the big hope is, like, they're just holding out for everyone to make the switch, for it truly to become, for Netflix to be bigger right. than But it seems like NBC now or, it's too late. Just with the fact that, you know, Disney is taking its stuff. Right. NBC wants to take all of its stuff. Yeah. So then the pressure is on to create original content that no one can take from you. But yeah. good luck with that one. Creating good original content, good luck with that one. <laughs> and then there's another interesting point that I hadn't really thought about. I thought about a little, especially after Roma. Um, how are we preserving these? Well, no, that's... Who is, um, who is uh, that was gonna printing be my... Roma out on film right, yeah. and storing it? Or who is digital, like putting it on a DVD? Precari- Where does it go? The precarity <laughs> of digitization is like a big concern now. Because, you know, we streaming. stand analog in this house. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think I've talked to you about the Universal Warehouse fire. Yeah. So, that was a great read. for context, I think it was back in 2008, this fire broke out at the Universal Studios, which, again, like corporate conglomerate, yeah. it's Universal... 
music group, but Universal Music Group doesn't have any ties with Universal Studios anymore because <laughs> they like had some uh, acquisition thing, but uh-huh. they still lease out space from Universal Studios. <laughs> so Universal Music Group has a space in the Universal Studios lot, even though they are not the same company. <laughs> that don't make no or sense. Or owned, owned by the same company either. They just both have the word There's Universal landlords. in their name. <laughs> right. Uh, and so a fire broke out at one of these like warehouses in LA next to like the Universal Studios theme park. Um, huge fire. I think it was big news at the time. No one died, um, but like <laughs> the God. building was destroyed. Music and was destroyed. Ten years later, New York Times magazine reporter does some investigation, and it turns out that all of these master tapes from you know Buddy Holly, from all of these like Otis Redding, it was like a lot. Almost of anyone you could think of, if they had master tapes from like you know the fifties, sixties. I mean, up until the present day, because they still save masters even now, mm-hmm. as they should. I think like Eminem used to have some masters <laughs> in there, but they like well, took those them out those can burn. I mean, bye. <laughs> Uh, so all of this music was destroyed and like, you know, some people, some people might say, oh, it's okay. It's still on Spotify. It's still, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we still have, there are records in stores, but you've lost the original thing. There's never going to be a reproduction. I just got chills. I'm so sad. That's so sad. That is so sad. Every every time, every copy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Music. I mean, movies, film is the same way. Right. And the thought that like. Every time you even run that film through something, it yeah. is degraded. So to have a pristine, like an original copy, yeah. it is so And the, I mean, the saddest thing to me, too, is that it's the direct result of these sort of just like <sighs> corporate maneuvers that, okay, all of these artists from, you know, they ended up under the universal music group umbrella, mm-hmm. which has, you know, the, I think the, the music industry is consolidated largely into like the big, the big three. Sony, Universal, uh, and the other one. <laughs> hey, there's a big three for TV too: NBC, ABC, yeah, and yeah. CBS. Are they even big anymore? Though, like at this point, it's I like. Guess. <laughs> I think NBC is now owned by Disney. Anyway, no, I don't know. Disney owns no. everything. Disney owns ABC. Oh. ESPN, ABC, oh. Marvel. Why is okay? Anyway. Star Wars. Why is ABC at ESPN? I don't know. What do they have to do with each other? <laughs> no, exactly. But then, yeah, anyway. but universe, and they all just ended up in this warehouse, and they were kind of forgotten about, and like the company did not want to deal with it, and it didn't seem profitable to hold on to these things, so mm-hmm. like it didn't really matter, and then they covered it up. Yeah. Uh, and like the artists are the ones who are getting screwed because mm-hmm. you know that's their, and then the worst, yeah, artists don't own. The masters, the masters well, end up being well, owned. Well, Taylor Swift taught us a lesson in that recently. No, and that's still happening. Yeah. And yeah. So as an artist, even if you're Taylor Swift, it's like Elizabeth <laughs> Warren. Even like, if you're Taylor Swift, you have to beg Twitter. Elizabeth stands. Warren and Bernie Sanders saying like, "This is an outrage." <laughs> yeah. Like Taylor Swift. Even Taylor Swift stands like, online and like, control. "What can I do for you? You're yeah. asking me for help, huh?" How am I supposed to yeah. go up against Scooter Braun for you? We're really screwed, aren't we? Yeah, and it's and I and I think the as everything becomes more and more digitized, I mean that's another issue with treating things like Spotify as if they are like the you know that is the archive mm-hmm. of music now, and like right. I'm guilty of that, you know, like that's I find all my music on Spotify, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of great things in terms of like ease of access, right? Um, and like finding hidden gems that you know <laughs> maybe. 20 years ago, if you were solely buying CDs and records from like a brick and mortar store, you just weren't going to find these unless you were super lucky. Yeah, it's precarious. And I think that a future where everything is digital mm. is not, you know, an enviable not future. ideal for anyone. 
I'm wondering too about like the rate of CD and DVD sales. I feel like CDs and DVDs oh, are on the same plane yeah. of like obsolete right now. Yeah. I mean, like you walk into Target, books, books too. It's like, how are you guys still selling? I don't those? know. Books just they just keep happening. <laughs> they just keep... Aren't we overbooked? And I think I they screamed. realize that like. <laughs> Books were the one, like the the ebook, like Kindle industry did not take off. Hold up, I have a Kindle, so no, but they like <laughs> they like didn't. I hate holding books. People, I don't care for the I, I think I that that was like where like people were like, uh, uh-uh, like I'm not. Is that right, nerds, you geeks. Like you can make the transition easily from like watching movies or listening to music, like to go to streaming, but like people weren't catching on to like the book to ebook. It's because thing. people still feel. Uh, I'll tell you. Let me tell you right. Because people feel good about themselves being able to hold a book. And well, publish. actually, no. Look yeah. what I'm reading. I'm no, reading I revise that. Because the reality <laughs> is, most people just don't read. <laughs> That's the yeah, right. <laughs> and the if you are, all read, your reading is happening on the internet. The people do who read do read are geeks. pretentious enough that they want to have yeah. an actual book. They're like, and excuse so, me, I need to slam down my three copies that I'm currently reading all at the same time. Hold, Mama, my Kindle can hold like a hundred books at once. I get to borrow from the library. Yeah. I only have to hold that one thing. It's, it's easy light. on the eyes too, right? I get to have my font as huge as I want, like a grandma. It's better. Know. It's better. I hate books. You can't bend them right to hold them. I always drop them on my face when I'm reading them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. I like the backlit. Anyway, it, no, that's uppity people. But I, I want to go to a theater. The books. Yeah. I there's a communal experience in the theater. There's like a historic experience in the theater. Again, that's like how filmmaking is should be done. I mean, like the amount of detail you can fit into a frame, like you can get on film, it should never be looked at on a screen like freaking thirteen inches yeah. across. I mean, film is interesting because it's such a cinema is such a historical invention. I it's mean, it hasn't been around viewers. for that long. Like it's a it an it's, it's not a medium in and of itself. <laughs> like it's a technology, right? Whereas, right, well, like, the projector was born with. The film, with exactly. filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, like... The camera, the film camera. <laughs> the theater remains... The best way to combine the two. Literally. Is the theater just, like, a historically specific point in cinema that is not necessarily relevant anymore beyond, like, preserve... I'm just... Look, I'm just playing devil's advocate like here. I don't like it. I don't... Well, it sucks, <laughs> too. To, I mean, it sucks... Right. Trying to have and a dialogue. That it's, like, at the whims of rent and, I mean, like... Licensing fees, you know, like I went to the movies in New York. It's freaking, it's fifteen dollars. That's upsetting. <laughs> that is way too much money. And like the concessions are all expensive. You know, if you're smart, you don't buy concessions. But if you're stupid and hungry like me, you do. <laughs> um, and that's why I feel better about. I love going to Carolina Theater. First of all, the tickets are cheap. So affordable. They yeah. It's a community. Love, no, it's, it's a community. A, they yeah. love the people that come. I no, love and the people I'm, that work there. I am not saying that we should like no, 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 just not, let theaters go. Not straw manning you. But I think it but is like uh, I'm not sure that I feel. We've just never seen a world of film without movie theaters. We have never seen. That's true. Films without projectors being around as well. Again, the first film camera also doubled as a projector. Yeah. I guess I have a hard time just like as a casual consumer when someone says like films are going to start being dropped straight to Netflix. Like, yeah, a part of me is sort of like. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. But also I'm like, oh, like that's. Oh, that's convenient. I'm not immediately going to say like this is a bad thing for right. cinema. Right. Like I think it's like to an extent you do have to adapt. You know? Yeah. It's just crazy to think, though, that at once things that we, you stand in front of a screen and you could never even imagine, like, it's bigger than life. And then bringing, to me, okay, that's it. To me, bringing films down to life size, that sucks. Yeah. It's, ew. Films are supposed to be larger than life. No, yeah, grand yeah, and yeah. 
incredible and beautiful and they're supposed to be projected yeah. and they're supposed to be on film but you guys already gave up on that <laughs> so i sound like martin <laughs> the pictures the pictures <laughs> in many ways like as as we as we enter the streaming era there's a lot of nostalgia we, we've been we've been entered in the <laughs> yeah streaming. we've been new all right well as disney throws its hat in the ring and really solidifies this thing it's proverbial hat if you will People are going to start asking dumb questions like, should we merge the Emmys and the Academy Awards? Because, again, what is, what are movies released just to Netflix like, stop. if not TV? <laughs> and then I'm, we're not even talking about too like binging culture or like uh, short like series yeah. that are kind of like movies, but kind of not. Yeah. Or like and, Drake, uh, like <laughs> dropping a 30 song album so that he gets more streams. Gross. Why would you bring up why it's would a real you bring thing, up right? Drake? You know? But I, I mean, it, it reframes the way that we think about, okay, well, what today is the difference between a movie and a TV series and a miniseries? Yeah. What's the difference between an album and an EP and a single? A lot of ways, like, there's not, because those demarcations are just not relevant anymore. Right. I mean, Sometimes like, there's no need for them. Right. Like, Frasier is not Succession, is not The Godfather, but soon they're like, Oh, they're all going to be in the be same the place. Same. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but like even something. They, they have the similar director. This is kind of different. But you remember when Twin Peaks season three came out and they're like, oh, this is an 18 hour movie. Oh, yeah. It's still, <laughs> it's still on Letterboxd. Yeah, That's yeah, which is which is ridiculous. That was more of like an aesthetic choice. I think Lynch was like, right. well, it, it was also a to direct, be It was also a direct, correct me if I'm wrong, but like critique of prestige television. Just like season oh, of course. two was, yeah, or season yeah. one was a. Because it was all the way that it like tests TV. your b- boredom mm-hmm. in the new series was the flatness of it brilliant, all. The I'll, like I'll no, we no, we know you stand. The well, yeah, it was soap <laughs> operas in the '90s, and then now it's like prestige. The almost sometimes flatness of it all, the like um, the quietness or like yeah. the the atmosphericness of it that you're trying to bring down to TV size. It can be laughable sometimes. I mean, it's obviously way easy to like clown the way in which prestige dramas can operate because it's like. Bro, you want to be a movie so bad, but you're literally a TV show. Yeah, but the way that, I mean, I think now those lines sort of are just being blurred. And especially, I think of music. A great example of this actually is Kanye West, who we we talk about on this podcast fairly frequently. (laughs) But um, his last couple albums, I guess, beginning with Ye, and then with his, like, the albums that he released last year with uh, the ones that he produced... Um, can, and I, then, can we name them? <laughs> was it Kid Sea Ghost? Daytona, Kid Sea Ghost. He did one with like Tiana Taylor and Nas. Um, but okay. his whole thing was like all of them were seven tracks. What? So it was like too short to be an album, but like too long to be an EP, which like the term EP it's really just originates play? because of like the means? yeah extended play and it's going to be like a seven inch or ten inch. Like okay. it's the vinyl. And then like Right. Re- most albums are 40 minutes because that's how much can fit LP. on two sides of a 12-inch LP. Right. And so it's like, okay, now Kanye can make a seven-song album, and it feels almost, it feels slight in some way, or it feels like it's not really an album, but like it's stream, like it doesn't really matter at this point. Right. And even something like Old Town Road. <laughs> yeah. It's like too, you know, watch. that's like, and it's just the internet, I think, too. It's oh. it's too short to really feel like a whole song. That was a song made for the internet, It though. was made for oh. and by the internet. And, like, part of it's, like, uh, I guess... King. What a visionary. Exceptional nature, just as, like, a as a document <laughs> of an era, I think, is it's, it's like, longer than a meme. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not a seven-second vine. It's not a three-minute song. It's somewhere in between, but you can, like... Any portion of it can be made into a 15-second TikTok or yeah. something. It's tweet-sized. 
Right. It just kind of memeable. All of these things just kind of collapse the the traditional these boundaries that were originally because of technological necessity, because of the way that records and projectors and and TV worked, and now it's like everything is in one place, so it doesn't really doesn't really matter. I never really thought about that's why like albums are forty minutes long. Yeah, yeah, and that's why like if it's in you you know it used to be if you had like an album it's a double double album album. yeah Yeah. it's like white album is a double album. Uh, like you'll still find that's why if something the is in the where Arcade Fire is a double album. I firmly believe like it's kind of like the ninety minute rule. Okay, it's like no good movie exists that's longer than ninety minutes. You know? Hey, that's not true. I thought someone said that. I don't know. Uh, no good movie exists that's under ninety minutes. Like a, a tight ninety. It you does know? work. Like yeah. Well, I mean, there are increments. for me, it's like okay, album. You better keep it a tight forty. Okay. Or else just make it a double album. All right. And make it like over an hour. Yeah. So the ones like uh, well, Metzi does. If like you're making an album minutes. that's like fifty minutes, um, Radiohead oh. every single album. Hello. <laughs> what are you doing? Like that's it's yeah, just well, too long. It's like, funny. Like I really I felt the like 30 minuteness of like all of Mitski's albums. She was one of the first people I realized yeah. she was And then these days like yeah, I think a lot of and it's a genre thing too. Like it's very conventional for hip hop albums to be like an hour. For me, it's very conventional for indie albums to be like half an hour. Right. 90 minutes of film is like that's tight. That's tight. 145 is like your average comedy. Uh 2 hours average drama. Two and a half, you're pushing it. 3, kill yourself. <laughs> Unless it's a worthwhile Boyhood? movie. Huh? Kill yourself. Um, <laughs> unless it's, I'm literally sitting, I'm like settling in to watch The Godfather. There are very few movies that I think deserve to be three hours long. Seven Samurai got me there with the three and a half hours. You better be serving. Eyes I mean, White just Shut simply serving. is like three, three plus, I think. Okay, it's because he died while he was editing <laughs> It's literally his unfinished masterpiece. So it's unedited. They should have finished it. it. I'm sure it's edited, but like, <laughs> yeah. I think they're scared to do anything further with it, so we got right. stuck with that. Or an elephant sitting still four hours long. I don't know. I told you earlier, thinking about it just fills me with dread. It just makes me hopeless. Yeah, I mean, dawn of a new decade. We're all in it. We can't get out. We can never get out. Where Then again, where would we be without the internet we would not have on cinema? It, it, it comes and it goes. I mean, two sides to every yeah. You want to talk about a, a you know seven minute bingeable? Well, All right. I guess I'm gonna this go home and a, stream uh, something. <laughs> yeah, right an hour. Be good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go home. stream yeah. my Spotify on the way home and then stream my yeah. like. My wife's HBO gonna yell at me episode. and say you haven't talked to me in four months and I'm be like shut up. <laughs> I'm watching Moana. I'm listening to my podcast. <laughs> well. All right. Well, this has been real, real. Probably be back before the end of the year. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye.